Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, this is Dave. This is Tara. And this is Adam, and you're listening to People Also Watched. We're three industry insiders clinging onto the lower rungs of the Hollywood ladder, and we love examining movies. Every month, studios release big-budget features, and for every one of those, there are a ton of lesser-known movies you just might love. So as we cling here to the bottom of this career ladder, we're going to watch big-budget movies. But we're also going to introduce you to an older, nearly-forgotten movie that People Also Watched. So like and subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh, and if you like the social medias, why don't you give us a follow on Twitter Ooh. or Instagram at People Also Watch. No E-D. They have Ooh. pills for that now. <laughs> I, I, I keep getting those ads on, like, uh, uh, reels. It's like, do you know how... What, what, what's the generation below me? Do you know how millennials cure uh, E-D? How? With, how? Hymns. Ah, uh, hymns. It was with hymns. <laughs> yeah. Dave, and they have hers, say, too. They have hers. They do have hers. That's mostly for hair oh, growth really? and, like, anxiety. Mm. Oh. Anyways. One, one pill to treat them all. That's right. One pill to treat them all. It's the next... Okay. It's the Netflix original that could be called Oscar Bid... I think that's what it is called. Anyways, this <laughs> this limited theatrical release spent a month in theaters before moving to the Netflix mothership. We're watching Maestro. Directed by Bradley Cooper. I really liked how you said that. Thank you. And starring Bradley Cooper and Carey Mulligan, on its limited release, Maestro made about a half a million dollars at the box office. But it has won an award already as one of AFI's Movies of the Year. Really? So, Adam, yeah, I, I couldn't believe it either. Got it. Adam, what is your logline for Maestro? Okay, all right. When Bradley Cooper wanted to masturbate in front of the entirety of, of the known world, he okay. created Maestro, which follows the story of Leonard Bernstein as he lives a completely easygoing no consequences lifestyle. <laughs> wow, Adam, I think from your logline, I'm going to infer what you felt about this movie. <laughs> Go on, Tara. What do you think I felt about this movie? You know, I'm going to say you weren't a fan. I was not a fan. <laughs> not okay. a fan. 
I actually thought he loved it. <laughs> I thought, look, I mean, I thought Adam was going to come to the table with he made all the right choices. Look, it was elegant. Look, he I really do pay about Bernstein. I do pay eight ninety nine a month to Netflix so I can watch Bradley Cooper masturbate. I'm not saying I don't spend that <laughs> money with that intention. It just, it's not, it doesn't usually take him three hours, is the thing. It doesn't, it he's getting like older, hours. Adam. Just is like we said, the advertisement for <laughs> yeah. him, it all makes sense now. Uh, right. <laughs> this, this movie, I, I'm sorry. How did you two feel about it? Dave, I, go first. Oh, yeah. I'll go first. I may be the most positive. I don't know. I really liked almost every technical aspect of this movie. I thought, I thought the directing was really interesting. At least it was very interesting. I loved how they took elements of um, stage plays and used them as transitional elements and stuff within uh, the movie. I loved how they, in, in the like 50s and 60s, it looked very much like a 50s or 60s uh, black and white movie. And then that changed as uh the timeline progressed uh-huh. i thought he did an amazing oh the makeup on on him was fantastic like the old age makeup right away i'm ready to give whoever did that an oscar yeah i agree and um and just just to put that in perspective last night i was watching roadhouse and in roadhouse, <laughs> one of the greatest movies of all time go on <laughs> a perfect a perfect mirror for maestro yes yeah, well, if you look at their hairstyle, uh, Bradley Cooper and Patrick Swayze kind of have the same hair, and that's my point. In <laughs> Roadhouse, you watch that movie, every scene he has a different hairstyle. And by by halfway through, I was like, um, did they ever reference anything when they were doing his hair? Because it's different every time. Now, that aside, so... Um, I thought the makeup was amazing. I thought the cinematography was amazing. I thought the performances were really good. But ultimately, I was like, what are we kind of watching? I and like, I didn't get any sense of Bernstein as a person mm-hmm. in his life, except that he was gay or bi or pan. Um, and, uh, and I felt like it was almost the same beats every scene where he was just like, hey, I'm gay, but I love you. And she was like, I know, and I'll put up with it. And it just gets uh, kind of darker and darker from there until she's like, I can't put up with it anymore. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it, it was just, it was fantastic, lacking story. Okay, so I think I'm going to agree with Dave, like, I think almost on every point. First of all, that opening shot where you see... Bradley Cooper with that makeup. Yes. I literally art I gasped. I was like, that's yeah. the best movie makeup I've ever seen. It is up close. I don't think they used any CGI. I think that was all practical and it was flawless. It was really I was like, holy crap, if Bradley Cooper doesn't do great, that's what he's going to look like at that age. Like <laughs> he's just <laughs> he's going to be tan. I I it, it really did blow me away. I thought it's some of the best makeup I've ever like literally ever ever seen to the point where you're just like how is that not his actual face it was tr- I thought it was yeah. really spectacular the thing is is that and I think I'm not alone in saying that I know who Leonard Bernstein is I've heard of him but my my knowledge of him is very limited and 
And there were a lot of Easter eggs in there for people who did know a lot about him. And apparently Art, my husband, does. Because there was a couple things like in that early opening scene where he's having a party and he's like, they're singing with their buddies, which I was like, hey, musical theater kids never change. Um, (laughs) But Art was- I had that thought too. Ouch. There was like a couple very famous- like uh, uh, musical people that like are well known, but again, well known for writing these musicals from like 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s that we all are not familiar with anymore. Right now, they are the basis for some of the things that we see today. But, but I feel like that it 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 was one of those movies where it was like I could have used a teeny bit of storytelling like exposition on the other sort of people in the time in the space right like like who yeah. are his who are his um what, what's the word i'm looking for like uh, like who are his peers that were doing similar things but very differently like like you kind of open on one of the premises is his grandfather his father is like you're going to be the first jewish conductor which was apparently a huge deal like there were no jewish conductors right and then we sort of drop that immediately and then we go to basically he's living a bisexual life which again is compelling, but I, f- I feel like that's what they thought the story was about. And maybe 10 years ago, we would have been like, oh, that's an interesting story. But that's not really what I think makes him an interesting person at all. Yeah. And and I think that, it, you know, movies like this probably go through 100 incarnations and everybody has like a piece that, they, you know, everybody wants to put their stink on it. But I feel like I thought Carrie <laughs> Mulligan was outstanding. I thought she was amazing. I thought Bradley Cooper, for what he was doing and the things that he was trying to accomplish as a performer, also pretty incredible. Like, all all the performance in this movie, I thought were nuanced and beautiful and great. I thought the direction was great. I thought, again, the the, the pictures and the, you know, the sort of direction, the cinematography, the production design, I think it all worked. But the story they were telling, like, I watched this whole movie. I kept waiting to be like... This feels just like one of the biopic, you know, biopics that like sort of really moves you, and you're like, oh god, like that's an and and we 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 got to the end, and I was like, I almost was like, that's it, and I I think it's because what the most interesting part of his life is it was not his sexuality or like his double life, yeah. but like sort of the adversity he faced as a person, like, as literally who he was and his artistic endeavors. But we didn't see any conflict. It was that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying is yeah. I think that's the conflict. Like but, but, the conflict was like between Carrie Mulligan and like his uh, his his you know gay lovers, but like there was no conflict because she said yeah. no, it's fine. Yeah, and they she never she never uh, um, confronted the gay lovers. She never really con she confronted Bradley yeah. Cooper maybe once. And yeah, towards the end because yeah. right. he was. It's like you're disrespecting us in the family, and like right. you promise not to do this. And so uh, the issue I had watching the whole thing mm-hmm. is I was waiting for adversity. I was waiting for Bradley Cooper to have a problem that he could not surmount and have to work at it. But right. like you were saying, Tara, in like the first 10 or 15 minutes, uh, whoever was like, you're going to be the first Jewish conductor. And then he was. You yeah. know, and it's like, oh, you're going <laughs> to you're going to you meet this woman, but you're also attracted to men, but you love her. OK, she's down with having, you know, an open marriage and everything's fine. You know, right. oh, your kid finds out that you might be having liaisons with young men. Oh, never mind. Fine. It's fine. Right. It's like, yeah. and also but, what it seemed like the other big thing, which again they don't touch on at all, but say like once is that 
people who are trying to be these, you know, really like academic composers aren't doing musicals on stage on Broadway. Cause like, I guess that was sort of like looked down upon, but he's like, yeah, I did both. Yeah. I mean, I, I did I, not realize that. Yeah. They, that's just, that's the other problem, Dave. Like, I don't know yeah. what right. the hell's going on in this movie and I don't care because that's the other part of it is like, Bradley Cooper, Carrie Mulligan, amazing performances. You, you can't argue that. They were outstanding. But I didn't care to watch these people because I didn't, I wasn't on any sort of journey with them. Like, right. they reached a point yeah. where I was like, oh my God, could you guys stop talking over each other in an improvised fashion <laughs> and write a fucking line of dialogue that directs the movie? <laughs> it gives me some sort of, like, I sat there and I felt like they were like, okay, we're into a party scene and Sarah Silverman, you just start talking and I'll start talking and eventually yeah. we'll figure out what the scene's about. I'm like, what? No, write a script. And, right. and, and, like, I completely agree with what you guys are saying about the technical aspects of this movie. But the problem I have is when I'm not engaged in the story, right. I turn off. Sure. I started and stopped this movie yep. four times before I made it through on four different uh, nights. Oh, I, wow. I couldn't. I mean, and I, I am the first one to give a movie a chance. I'm like, go ahead, man. Yeah, give me something. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I may crucify you for it later, but I'm very rarely someone who stops a movie and starts it again. And this was right. just, man, it was a slog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Slog. I, again, I think it goes back to we needed, I think modern audiences, we need just a little bit more taste of who was he and why he was so transformative. Because he obviously was, but even now, just taking away what I learned in the movie, I'm like, Okay, I still don't really know what his credits are besides he conducted, yes. and that seems hard. Yes, right. Well, and again, uh, I, I don't, I don't even care if you give us a glimpse of his whole life. Just give us right. one moment of difficulty. Why are we seeing this moment? Why are we seeing this moment right now? And if the whole thing is him trying to become the first Jewish conductor in America, whatever the hell it is, you know, like give me that, and they did. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, like I felt like towards the end, too, it's like they, they kind of fight, but they're like, oh, we're going to get through it. We're going to stick together. And then Carrie Mulligan gets cancer. Sorry, spoiler alert. And then it's a, it's like <laughs> a, a fair amount of time with her like suffering, right? Like at least 10 minutes. And I'm like, okay, well, she's going to die, and we know she's died. But what's going to happen after that? So then is he going to live this like huge, like flamboyant gay lifestyle? Well, we don't know because that's not really – they didn't tell us sort of no. – I, I mean, is it that like – I mean, it seems like it's the thesis that, like, a bisexual man really was bisexual. I, I don't sort of... Bisexual no. man can have it all. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the story of this movie. <laughs> I, well, that's that's actually a definition of bisexual, isn't it? That's mm -hmm. true. Um, that's right. Good job, Adam. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> you you, find you figured out the theme of the movie. <laughs> right. Right. I, I felt as though the whole movie, first of all, I, I, I really would have liked a Citizen Kane type opening, like a mm. newsreel that oh, just gave you the basic facts of his life. Right. Like, uh, he did this, he did this, he did this, he did this, he made a shit ton of money doing this, this, and this. Now here's a story. Right. Um, I also felt like the whole movie was like a stone skimming on the top of a lake, yeah. never really diving into anything, just touching down. It's like, sure. okay, this is where they met. This is where they had their first child. This is when they were famous. This is when they had a little bit of trouble. And this is when she dies. 
Yeah, I think um, that's a really good explanation for it, Dave, as far as like the story they're telling. Yeah. And I think it's really unfortunate because the performances were so beautiful. And I think there's no doubt that everybody in this movie was in those characters and they spent a lot of time with it. And it just seems like, okay, cool. Tell me anything more interesting than what we saw. Right. I Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I was just... Again, I was disappointed. I mean, technically, it, yeah. it basically felt like a French art house film, right? And uh-huh. um, that's fine. We need to make some of those; those are important. I don't think they should have spent the m- amount of money that they clearly spent on this movie, and I don't think it should be like a best picture nod. No, <laughs> I, I mean, you know. it it really is. Un- like again, it's it's sort of one of those like you're like, oh, this is definitely gonna this is gonna get it right because it's got it's got all the elements yeah. right. It's mm-hmm. black and white. Oscar bid. It's beautiful. It's got all yeah. these, you know, beautiful elements to it. But yeah, it's a really unsatisfying sort of nice. picture of Leonard yeah. Bernstein, I think, honestly. You, you know what I, you could have done, Netflix? If the budget of this movie was, what do you think, Tara? What do you think, Dave? What do you think the budget was? Oh, I think they probably oh, no. are close to $100 million. Yeah. Yeah. I'll they, tell you what. Yeah. Break that up into $500,000 chunks and give it to promising <laughs> film students at the biggest universities and see what they come up with. And I yeah. guarantee you, you'll find something that will make you 10 times more money than whatever this made you and will be better. Yeah. <laughs> it's too bad. You know, I, it's funny that because Dave and I did text about this a little bit before we decided to watch this movie. And I think it really, it just felt like. You wanted this to be so much better, but not even oh, yeah. so much better. You wanted it to be just a little better, like like the story to be like, yes. ooh, what's going to happen next? But I feel like I was like, yeah. this is going to happen next, and then it does, and then this is going to happen, and then it does. And you're like, I, I, right. by the way, I looked it up. It's eighty million, so you were very close. Wow, impressive. Uh, it was just too much but, money. Yep, and yeah, and I agree with you that. Um, you're kind of going, okay, so what's going to happen next? But I always felt like on the other end of what happens next was kind of like, eh, nothing, really. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah, I, I, and you know, this did not have to be an action-packed movie. That's not what I'm talking about. Nope. No. I just needed some direction, some reason for witnessing this, you know, and I didn't have <laughs> <Some> one. Re- <laughs> I want to use that in a line in a movie or something. Some reason for witnessing this. <laughs> Why am I witnessing this? But I think that's like the ultimate like first start where you start into script script writing is why am I telling this? Why right. am like yes, what is yes. the point? And and you know again I think as much work as Bradley Cooper did on this character, we don't ever dig into like you almost want way more moments with just him, like trying to balance Carrie Mulligan against one of the other guys, yeah. or more interestingly, him fighting other people who are conducting and seeing him do so much better even though they're more, you know, privileged or more... Yes. Movie, you know. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen the Carrie Mulligan version of this movie. Yes! Tell me that story. Tell me the yeah, story tell about from her a point woman of view. who loves a bisexual man who also loves her but can't stop fucking guys in their teens. You know what I mean? Like, show me that. Yep. They weren't always in their teens, but they looked really young. Um... <laughs> My point being, you're just old, man. You're I, I'm just very, old. Look at my sweater. Um, my, <laughs> but and you threw remains, your back out today, Adam. Yeah, I know. Carrie Mulligan, like her character, her story, her journey sounds fascinating. Sure and does. Just give her a like. I want to know why she stayed. Yes. I want to know why she stayed, and don't give me the "I love him" bullshit. Like, 
That only yeah. lasts so long, man. It's that. I mean, I so think long. like I think they gave a good reason for why she stayed. Is and I understand it. It's like when you're around somebody that this is the thing. He they play it and they you know that this to be true. He was an incredibly charismatic person, right? Like sure. just like off the charts charismatic. And when you were when that's focused on you, that's like a drug, right? Like that's like oh my god, you feel so special, and right, I think you understand but, that. And and then that turns away from her, and she sort of, that's really what sort of irks her. But that's like again. It's her but she's a broad, But she's a Broadway actress. She's a That's famous true. actress. She can get that adulation wherever the fuck she wants. She just decided yeah. she wanted it from Leonard Bernstein. Right. And, you know, he didn't give it to her. So then you know what? Find it somewhere else. That's an interesting fact that I, I don't think I was fully aware of, that how, how successful she was on her own. Right. Oh, yeah. I don't think we got a lot of that. No, but she was. You know, she had a TV. She was on a TV show. I mean, she won nothing. Yeah, that's um... right. Yeah, I mean, again, I think it seems like we're sort of all on the same page. Where it was like, yeah. you want. It, we were on this movie side. It had all the elements, and uh, it kind of was. It was just. Uh, it was not fulfilling. It did not scratch the itch of me going. I want to learn more because, again, I still don't feel like I know anything about Leonard Bernstein. Really. Nope. Nope. Yeah, I, I, I just know that whoever does his makeup is really good. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. And he also had a way uh, with the young men. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Adam, the, the, you brought that up a couple times. Good well, for because you. Well, because the yeah. last there, shot of are, the movie. Are, are there thoughts in your head? <laughs> the last shot of the movie is him in the 80s when he's in his 70s dancing with like an 18-year-old boy. At the, yeah. I'm sitting there going, what the yeah. hell's going on? Like, It's with his students. I know, but it wasn't like an innocent the situation. They weren't like doing a fucking line dance. You know what I mean? No. They were clearly all <laughs> tripping balls. It was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It um, was a rave. It was a rave. Yeah. Uh, do, do we agree that we should go to commercial? Yes, I yeah. definitely think we should. <laughs> Play us okay. out. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What a compelling commercial and music. Wasn't that? Wasn't that? <laughs> okay, guys. Okay. Here's a compelled. movie that people also watched. We're going from a biopic featuring a troubled creative gen- genius. We're going from a biopic featuring a troubled creative genius to a semi-autobiographic pick featuring a troubled creative genius with a movie that people also watched. It's All That Jazz. Now, All That Jazz was released on December 20th, 1979. Get ready for this, guys. Exactly 24 years prior to Maestro landing on Netflix. They both premiered on December 20th. Okay. Huh. That's not 24 Starring... years. That's 44 years. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. <laughs> and there's, I'm not going to tell you the exact reason you're, I know that. <laughs> you're exactly right. 
<laughs> and I am shocked. <laughs> Remember, I yeah, sure wish it was, was only, only 20 years, years ago. <laughs> exactly 44 years prior. That's even bigger to Maestro Landing on Netflix. Starring Roy Scheider, Jessica Lange, and Ben Vereen. All That Jazz was directed by Bob Fosse and made just over $37 million at the box office. Okay, Adam. What's your log line for yeah. All That Jazz? All right, All That Jazz. When a drug-addled, alcoholic <laughs> choreographer who changed musical theater and dance as we know it vomits onto two hours of <laughs> film stock... <laughs> And then uses a paintbrush to craft an intricately, intricately woven story about their personal life. You get all that jazz. All showtime jazz. You guys don't know this, but Tara's been doing jazz hands since we like started recording. Yeah, okay. I can't control it. It's about Fosse, dude. I mean, so I'm watching this movie. Mandy's never seen it. We're watching like the first. Wow! I know. I'm surprised first... Mandy's ever seen it. I never watched the yeah. whole thing. Yeah. Uh, first... I thought I thought musical uh, musical theater people just sat in a room and watched this like before they got their degree or something. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's what they were required to do. No. So right. they're she's I'm like she's like the dancing in this is amazing. I'm like yeah because Bob, Bob Fosse. Fosse directed it and it's about his yeah. life. Uh, <laughs> I yeah. I mean I'm a fan of this movie. Um, Yep. I have no problem uh, coming out the gate with that. Um, and it's not just because uh, it allows you to see boobs on Netflix. Um, <laughs> I didn't know. So Tara Tara and Dave and I were texting. We're like, where did we find this movie? We can't find this movie for free. And Tara was like, oh, I found it complete on Netflix, on uh, YouTube. YouTube. And so she sent me the link, and I'm watching it. I'm like, those are boobs. You can't show boobs on Netflix. <laughs> Oh, Boom. they showed a lot of things on, There's a on lot YouTube. Of stuff you mean on YouTube? Netflix. Yeah, I mean, you mean YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. I keep saying Netflix because we just talked about Maestro. I was like, "There's all kinds of boobs on Netflix." Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I I'm I just love this. I think Roy Bradley Schneider Cooper was, was one of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think there was Roy, a lot of people in this movie that I had forgotten. Like tons, yeah. tons oh, of yes. like people that yes. go on to stuff. Yeah, Roy Schneider fucking uh, all of it. This love role. boat crushed it. Yeah. Um. I, Go ahead, Tar. I was just going to say, as a person who's, I mean, my memory of this is really literally bits and pieces. I've never, ever sat down until this moment to watch the whole thing from start to finish. And I thought, first of all, this is like a great, like, little bundle of 1970s cinema, first of all. And like a fever dream. And like everybody who made this movie was on cocaine. So it was nice (laughs) to see that come through. But... It's also, um, I, did you guys watch the series uh, Fosse Verdon? Yes. Yep. I think it colored my experience of watching this movie so much because I think I knew so much more about what was going into this. But if we're comparing this to Maestro a little bit, which I'd like to do, which is in this movie, though it is a fever dream and there's so much going on, I knew so much about Bob Fosse, not Bob Fosse from this movie. Do you know what I mean? It's like it gives you all the things you want, which is his flaws. His his adversity, 
what he's up against, why he keeps making bad choices, or like, we don't even know why, but he just does. He keeps digging himself yeah. into a hole and yet keeps coming out ahead on top because he, because of his talent, right? And so you're just right. like, oh, if he would just get his shit together, right? Like, the, you know, you'd be everything you want him to be. And then I also get how everybody in his life is connected to him, how they feel about him. Yep. And, and this is this is a movie with 100 dance numbers. <laughs> so, a million dance yes. numbers. <laughs> and they're all, I talk about boobies and basically naked people. Like yeah. these dance numbers are a celebration of how bodies move. And I think that's something that Bob Fosse, unparalleled, right? Like, especially then with doing stuff that you're just like, this is gorgeous. It's beautiful. And people are like, I don't think I should be watching this. Can we talk about for a second how talented the little girl who played his daughter was in terms of movement? Like, I was sitting there. She was keeping up with all of those people. And it just blew my mind. Just blew my mind. Sorry, Dave, go ahead. I I was blown away by Roy Scheider's abilities because oh, yeah. you know he's someone I know from Jaws and um, uh, Deep Sea Voyage or whatever DSV mm-hmm. whatever that was called, um, like more in the action genre than a dancer. And I was really impressed by his ability to dance. This is also a movie that I've been a fan of for for a long time since since the early '90s probably. I just think it's so good. And, and to your point, uh, Tara, that you see his uh, flaws in his challenges. You really see him like going through the like struggling through the creative process right. to create something. And and there's this moment where they're doing a script read, and it's just everybody who's in the show sitting around the table reading the script out loud. And it is some of the best. Kind of, um, I forget what it's called. Um, when like the the sound and the images um, go along with the emotion that the lead is feeling, like in uh, Snow White, I think it was. Like when she's walking through the woods and the trees are looming over her, it's terrifying. It's because she's terrified, and so she's kind of projecting that terrifying feeling on to the trees so they look terrifying to her so he's reading the script with everybody and you can just tell he hates it and but through the whole thing you hear people laughing and saying how great it is and you you're just quietly in his head the whole time as he's like twisting this pencil and wanting to break it because he thinks this is so bad and he doesn't know how to make it good and it's just a fabulous scene where you're you're seeing what it takes to create something but you're also in the creator's head right knowing what he's feeling mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah i also, I, I, I thought a ahead, great Adam. sure i thought a great undercurrent through this movie was the um the artistic like he's trying to achieve his artistic vision all while surrounded with the pressures of like the real world for lack mm-hmm. of a better term like yeah. they're always counting about money like, all the dancers are worried about just having a job, let alone the artistic fulfillment of the show. The producers yeah. are obviously worried about the money. He's directing a show that's going over. He's got all these women vying for his attention and trying to figure his daughter. And there's all these real-world problems. Yeah. And this man is trying to create something, you know, beautiful and revolutionary in an artistic way. And real world keeps kicking him in the nuts. And right. I just thought that was such an interesting thing to watch, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. as much as, like, I think 
I, I, you know, there was parts of the movie that, you know, did not age perfectly or well. But at the same time, it still holds up pretty well. And mm-hmm. and the other thing I found myself saying, which going to sound 100 years old, but it was kind of refreshing to watch a movie where you're watching people do stuff that everybody can't do. And I mean that in like oh, these dude. dancers, these dancers, I, yeah. I used to, you know, like when I went to school in very, for a very... I went to school with real dancers like this and to yeah. watch them work and to watch them do this. It is, it is, it is first of all, like hypnotizing. Second of all, impossibly hard. Like to, to yeah. live a dancer's life, to look like those people did and to move like they were moving takes their entire life to get to that moment. And I think that there's like, you know, we see it a lot in some musicals and things like that, but we haven't seen like in the seventies and eighties and even a little bit in the nineties to show really how the human body can move and how hard it is and how beautiful it is. And like people doing it, not like CGI, not like, but like just real crafts people. It was really gorgeous to see yeah. it. Well, and I think you, you mentioned Fosse Verdon and yeah. there was this placement of like, uh, what's her name? Michelle Robinson? Is that her name? No, Michelle... Uh, no, who's, uh... Who's the, the female uh, Who lead? played Verdon? Yes. Oh, Michelle, Michelle Williams. Williams? Michelle Williams. So, Michelle Williams plays Verdon, who is portrayed in this movie by... Uh, I can't remember her name off the top of my head. However... She was an amazing she, dancer. She was an amazing talent. The Broadway actress... She was a Broadway actress. She was a professional dancer. And there is this scene where... Um, Fosse goes in to talk to her while she's in the middle of a rehearsal, mm-hmm. and yes. they they ha- he has this whole conversation with her about you know the art he's trying to create trying to make, and she's criticizing him for the lack of a decent human being he is, and she's moving the whole time, <laughs> oh. and she was fucking outstanding, and she wasn't young, and she no. wasn't young when she was doing this, and then you look at like Michelle Williams, and everybody was sitting there going, wow. She was such a hero for learning how to dance like that or move like that. For I the think mo- she was pretty. I think she was. She dancing. was. She was. But at the same time, this woman was like, that's just who she was. She didn't right. have to take on yeah. the extra uh, mm-hmm. part of this. But uh, Tara, I actually wanted to bring this up because you mentioned Fosse Verdon. I cannot remember the dance numbers in Fosse Verdon. Can you? A little bit. Yeah. I, I can't. Uh, what were they comparatively in terms of ability? Scope, I mean, size. you know, I think it's just it was two things that are, have changed, right? One is, first of all, every dancer, both both the '70s version and the faucet, whatever this one, 2010s version, are unbelievable talents. I think that there was literally a level though of in the '70s and '80s of anorexia and actual like there's actual other just like these dancers. If you were on Broadway, you were not eating, you were drinking coffee, you were smoking, and there's something. That like when you have such an athletic frame and you're doing this, your body just looks a little different. And sure. I think they shot it way more close, like way closer than ever needed to be. Mm. But I, I, I don't think I think that there were, you know, obviously both are based on Fosse's work, both the movie and the, the TV show. But I also think there was a lot less in the TV show. Like they couldn't afford to do those kind yeah. of numbers every show because it costs mm. a lot to bring in all those dancers. Right. I, the only scene I remember from uh, Fosse Verde was with the daughter. They were rehearsing it on set. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's the only one I really remember from that. I, the other great thing about, I, I think, if we're comparing Maestro to All That Jazz, All That Jazz really, 
every moment, like the scene you were talking about where he goes in to talk to his ex-wife, or the scene where they're reading the script, it's all... Let me say, I, I'm sorry, I'm not sure how to phrase this, like but... they're all in service to the story? The, yes, they were all in service to the story. Yeah. And you knew... You were able to follow it and get emotionally invested in it because of that. Right. Yeah. Right. It didn't matter and how trivial the actual moment might have been in their life. There was an intention, a reason, and a purpose for witnessing it. And what right. it did was yeah. inform the audience. And it made yeah. for a better film. And it's interesting and because I think some of the performances weren't 100% great in all that jazz. Again, it's a different time. Sure. Where it's like, you can't fault in Maestro. Every performance was gorgeous yes. and beautiful. But like it really goes yes. to show you, you need the story first. Yeah. Because a, 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 like an imperfect line or two isn't going to kill the movie because you still are trying to get to the point, which is co telling a compelling story. Yep. Agreed. Absolutely. I will Absolutely. say so, where, where the only place that where all that jazz really lost me is the last half hour is like the longest dance number I've ever seen in my lifetime. It was and very <laughs> it, it was, was very like long. to the point where I was like, "Are we done with this yet? Like, come <laughs> on!" But I mean, again, still like a feast of humanity and how talented people are. Yeah, I think that's all. It, like, yeah. Adam, we were talking about Fosse Vernon. Like, I don't remember the dance numbers as much as all that jazz, but I do remember them. I I just wish that there was some sort of I don't know. I just feel like people don't understand or appreciate sort of the artistic, like dance specifically. Sure. And even singing, like not to say that like shows like American Idol or The Voice or whatever has sort of trivialized like how hard singing is. But I do think that, you know, you want things to be accessible, but also it seems less special, right? But it is special. Sure. Like these are special abilities where not everybody can do these things. And I think well, it's nice to see it showcased a little bit better and it was showcased a little bit in maestro but but not as much as you wanted it, it, it wasn't yeah, used agreed. to tell the story like right. good dance numbers good singing oh. can be used to yeah. further a story and to tell a story and like that is what made in my opinion Fosse's dance numbers so engaging is because yeah. every movement was used to further whatever story he wanted to tell yeah. And yeah. you know, I, I don't I don't give a shit how well you can sing. Like right. people on American Idol don't give a fuck. But if you can tell a good story using that voice and using your words, you got me all day, man. All day. Bob Dylan couldn't sing. Right. Could not sing. Didn't matter. <laughs> Didn't matter. Didn't you know matter. what I mean? Like uh Jerry Orbach made a whole career on Broadway. That man couldn't hit a note to save his goddamn yeah. life. <laughs> Not even on his best day, but it didn't matter. It didn't matter. Yeah. So uh, should we yeah. should we answer the question if this is a movie that people should also watch? Yeah, definitely. Tara, yeah. after you. I oh, mean, wait, we have to I... explain. We have to explain the rating yeah. system. Come on, Dave. Uh, Get it together. I know. I'm terrible. Um, you know, like I am the maestro of this. <laughs> you know, just skim skimming across the water. Just just, just shallow and not much here. Uh. Um we have a three-tiered rating structure. Uh people must also watch. You gotta see this movie. People could also watch, you know, it's a it's an okay movie, and people don't watch. Uh that it just sucks. Um 
I'm happy to start. I'm happy yeah. to start. Happy I, to I think start. for all that jazz, since since I'm the only person who didn't see it really from start to beginning until this time, I think people must also watch. I go back to what you said at the beginning. I do think all theater graduates should watch this movie before they graduate. <laughs> and I, I do, I think it harkens back again to like watching people do something extraordinary on screen. And it was just sort of refreshing to see it. Go watch yeah. it. It's on YouTube. Titties yeah. and all. Titties and all. I'm also going to agree with Tara. People must also watch. This is an art film the way I want to see an art film done. It is artsy. It's, you know, existentialist. It's abstract in a lot of ways. There's a lot of, you know, weird, like any scene that has Jessica Lange and it's kind of out there. Oh, yeah. But I'm okay with it because it's a story of an artist and an artist's journey. And... Uh, you know, maybe it's because we're we all came out here to be a part of this industry, and we're not, you know, uh, Joe Blow or Jane Doe. But I love to see what's possible with the medium, and this is a great example of what's possible with it. I I was uh, actually you reminded me of the wedding of John and Jane, and how she refused to change her name, so now she's just Jane Doe Blow. Um, uh, Dave. <laughs> that's more editing we'll have to do oh, uh, I'm joking don't edit that shit out um, I am people must also watch when it comes to all that jazz it is a fantastic movie I don't think we you, you talked about it a little bit uh, Adam in your summation that it's existential it is a musical about Death, that is probably the best musical about death you'll ever see. I think it's amazing that um, Bob Fosse directed a character that is him and did it with such, um, was like, this is not a good guy. I did not live my life right, but I still am good with how how it all turned out. Um, So yeah, I say People Must Also Watch, fantastic movie, and so much more substance than Maestro. With all of the kind of like everything that made Maestro kind of amazing, even though it's 1970s, I still think it was a pretty spectacular editing, pretty uh, spectacular um, directing. And the musical sequences, it's amazing how the musical sequences are so natural in it. They occur just like, I I forget... um, Either it was, um, I think Tara said it while we were talking about Maestro, like, oh, theater kids haven't changed. Well, this was theater adults who were, like, working on their craft and living their life while they were working on their craft. And, uh, yeah, just an amazing movie. I I wanted to say one more thing. You just reminded me, Dave, that I meant to say at the beginning. I don't think you've ever seen a movie by any filmmaker that was so honestly, like, self-autobiographical, right? Because the character's not named Bob Fosse. He's named whatever it is. But you're like, wow, this guy put it out there of, like, how his infidelity, like, his his, his foibles, like, to a degree that you're like, whoa, that's a lot. To be that honest, yeah, and I think that's that says a lot. Agreed. 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 Hey, so what are you guys also watching aside from Maestro, uh, Maestro and uh, all that jazz? I've got one, and it and it's on Netflix, and it has boobies. <laughs> um, when it's an anim, <laughs> it's an animated show called Blue Eye Samurai, and it takes place in the late I think late eighteen hundreds Japan. 
Um, it's kind of your uh, classic revenge story. I, I don't want to go too far into it because I feel like I just like relate it episode by episode. But it's an amazing animation, amazing script, and amazing historical detail, as well as just a really, really fun show to watch. Nice. Cool. I'll check that out. Tara, what you got? I, yeah, it's. I uh, I'm watching. I think this is season four of Fargo, or maybe it's season five. I don't remember. I yeah. loved the Fargo series. I don't know if you guys watched. Did you guys watch any of them? I've seen the oh, yeah. first one. Uh, the second one I kind of fell off of, but oh, I, I mean, think I've thought. Oh no, every I've seen the second one. one. It was the third one I kind of. Fell. Hey, regardless, anyway. Anyways, we're watching the current one, which was with Juno Temple and Jessica, Jennifer Jason Lee. And Dave, oh God, uh, from from the state um, news radio, Dave Foley. Foley, it is. First of all, it's great. It's compelling. Oh, and John Hamm, it's a great season. I think every season's a great season. But Jennifer Jason Lee gets away with on like a drama series. She's playing this like high corporate executive, and when she talks, she overemphasizes her W's, and so she's like, "What are we doing here?" And she gets away, and it's so. And she's in scenes with Dave Foley, who's playing a straight man, and it is. I was like, "This is dream comes." This is like this is what television is. is made for. Anyways, the scenes between them are fantastic, and she gets away with it, and you she pulls it off, and you're like, "I actually just think this is how she normally talks in real life," and she's finally been allowed to do so on screen. Maybe. Totally worth uh, it. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> I just recently saw uh, Poor Things. Oh, I want to see it. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, me yes, too. Which is the Yorgos uh most recent edition. He's the guy, director who did The Lobster. He's the one who did, uh, oh, what was the last one with Emma Stone? Where she, uh, The other uh, Oh, the, the Bird Kit. Bird, not Birdman. Birdman? Birdman. Did he do Birdman? No, oh, no, no, no. I'm thinking of... No, no. Uh, I can't think of it. It's got um, Rachel Weiss and Emma Stone in it and Olivia, uh, uh, whatever. It's I'm blanking on it. Regardless, he's a very stylized director. He's a lot of fun to watch. And Mark Ruffalo and Emma Stone fucking kill this movie. It's They are Ugh. hilarious. Um, it actually won Best Picture for the Golden Globe instead of yes. Barbie, comedy-wise, which... I, I, I don't oh, know wow. how entirely I feel about that because I think Barbie was pretty amazing. But yeah. um, either yeah. way, go see Poor Things. It is so much fun. It is so out there. It is so stylized and goofy and really um, brave, unapologetic performances by the whole cast. Amazing. It's been on my list. Art, Art's been dying to go yes. see it. Go, it's go been see, on my list too. Go see it in the theater so that you know we support comedies in the theaters is what I always say. That's true too. Yeah, yeah. and just good movies in the theater. You know, yeah. Yeah. like it's I, I saw Godzilla minus one, amazing movie to see in the theater. Yep, um, I did too. Yeah, and and um, but it's also that that's a great Godzilla movie because it's, it's such a small personal film too, um, and yeah. <laughs> I yeah. don't know what I'm saying. It's all right. Hey, if you're listening, why don't you tell us what you're watching? You can hit us up on Twitter or on Instagram at people also watch. No E D. No E D. No E D. Luckily I don't have the to p- confirm that. <laughs> <laughs>